Hello, everyone. Welcome to the National Links Trust Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Dixon. It's been some time since the last podcast from National Links Trust, or NLT for short. And if you've listened to any of the first three, you have likely already picked up on the fact that I am a new host for the podcast. Certainly very excited to be on board as the host and look forward to guiding a series of conversations related to municipal golf, National Links Trust, as well as their first project here in Washington, D.C. of improving East Potomac, Langston, and Rock Creek Park golf courses. A little bit about me and how I fit in here as the new host. I am a D.C. area native, a lifelong golf fanatic, and a public course golfer ever since I picked up the game. So the organization's larger mission of promoting and protecting accessible, affordable, and engaging municipal golf is something that I also feel very strongly about. In recent years, I turned my own passion for golf and my familiarity of the D.C. area golf community into a podcast called Beltway Golfer, where 58 episodes ago, I had National Links Trust co-founder Mike McCartan on as my very first guest uh, of that podcast just before they won the bid from the National Park Service to operate these three courses in D.C. Over the course of putting out Beltway Golfer, I've talked to all sorts of interesting personalities in the greater D.C., Maryland, Virginia golf world, from tour pros that hail from the area to club owners, course architects, superintendents, other members of the golf media, and other individuals that are involved with National Links Trust in these three courses, including the guest for this, the relaunch of the NLT podcast, Mike McCartan's co-founding partner, Will Smith. We're going to jump right in because Will talks a bit about the relaunch himself, and you might pick up on the fact that in my early questioning, I'm as eager as anybody to try to get updates and see where we're at as far as the, the progress being made and, and when renovations are getting underway, so much so that Will's got to back me up a little bit to, to level set for folks that are new to the podcast and maybe not as familiar with um, what National Links Trust mission is all about. A little something extra for tuning in today. This episode is being sponsored by the National Links Trust Merch Shop, which can be found at shopnlt.com, also nationallinkstrust.org, their main website, and go up to the right-hand corner and click on NLT gear. And until October 15th of this year, 2022, if you enter POD20, that's P-O-D-2-0, you'll get 20% off your entire order. Head over there for the latest NLT head covers, hats, apparel, prints for the wall, and a bunch more. Uh, that's about it. We'll get to Will and I's conversation. I'm excited to be here and to lead this podcast going forward. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Golf, on its face, is not the most welcoming game. We need to provide opportunities for people to feel comfortable at the golf course, to ask questions, to learn, and to meet new people. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do at National Links Trust. Will Smith, how are you? Great. Great, Alex. Good, good morning. So, um... We are we are here with this is the uh, the first episode of I don't know if we're officially calling it a relaunch but the relaunch of the uh, the National Links Trust podcast. It's been a little while since NLT put out one, uh, and the first is me as the host. So so thank you for joining and being the first guest as one of the founders of National Links Trust to get this podcast going again. Why don't we start with uh, you just talking a little bit about. Um, you know, why you wanted to keep the podcast going and, 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 and what, what you see from this podcast going forward and, and, and maybe your expectations of me as a host. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Um, you know, Claude and Michael did a wonderful job with the first few, but we just kept on having some issues scheduling and, um, you know, over getting to know you over the last year and listening to your Beltway Golfer podcast, um, you know, it just sort of came to us that that maybe you would be a, a perfect host uh, for a, sort of a reboot of a, a podcast 2.0. 
um, that we're, where we can discuss the issues um, that National Links Trust covers, whether it's the improvements to D.C. golf, uh, the golf courses, or um, some larger issues about municipal golf uh, nationally. Um, and, you know, we just love what you're doing at Beltway Golfer, and um, it's amazing uh, how often the, the topics sort of converged, and you're clearly very knowledgeable, and so we're excited to, to move forward with this, this new era of, of the NLT podcast. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. I, I'm obviously a, a huge fan of, of NLT, what you guys are doing. Uh, I've been playing the three, the three golf courses in Washington, D.C. Uh, on National Park Service land for, for the majority of my, my golfing life. But uh, also just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm also big fans of, of my predecessors, Jerry Claude Jennings um, and, and, and his team at Golf DMV, uh, the previous host, as well as uh, Michael Kornheiser. When, when, I, when I did uh, commute to an office, uh, I was considered a little where, where I would listen yes, to his same, father's. Same, same here. Same here. For sure. <laughs> his, his, his father's <laughs> show, Tony Kornheiser. Yeah. Um, well, let's get, let, let's get into kind of the topics of the day, because I think for, the, for this podcast, uh, since it's been a while, you know, National Trust does a tremendous job. If you're on uh, the email list, if you follow National Trust on social media, of keeping kind of the public up to date with with the progress and, and what you've been doing but you know when, when when you're out there on the golf course or or you or you meet people in town that are golfers you know there's people you know people are chomping at the bit for these projects to get going um it's been a while since you kind of gave more comprehensive updates or as much updates as you can because i know that the, you know the updates might be not as comprehensive as people would love um but let's get let's get into them um and, and we'll start with and feel free to correct me where I'm wrong, but as I understand it, the, the kind of the, the first um, the, the first property that, that has been on this timeline all along has been has been Rock Creek Park, and the, the first portion of Rock Creek Park has been the, the renovation of of the clubhouse, which which in turn is is also creating um, a driving range there. Um, so why don't we start there at Rock Creek and give us any any updates you can you can give us as yeah. far as what's going on there. I just give a, I just want to step back a, a, a slight bit just for anyone who might be sort of just tuning in who hasn't listened to the first two or isn't as familiar with NLT as as others. Um, we are a 501c3. We um, a nonprofit. We um, signed a 50-year lease of the National Park Service to operate and rehabilitate the three public golf courses in Washington D.C., which all sit on National Park Service land. Um, and we've been working hard every, every day since we took over in October of 2020 to make these courses better um, with an eye towards doing major projects at all three over the course of the next hopefully five, seven, hopefully not on the outside, 10 years. Um, but uh, it, it's tough. Um, you know, we're, we're in Washington, D.C. These are federal, federal lands. Um, there is a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, red tape um, that we need to get through in order to get to those projects. Um, and also we need to, to raise money. Um, these courses, uh, th these projects are, are not gonna be funded with federal money. Um, we still hope that maybe there's, there's uh, ways to get a little bit of it here and there. They're not gonna be funded with DC money. Um, these, are money these, these courses are gonna be funded by um, the generosity of our community. Um, and also from the revenue uh, from the golf courses. Luckily, we took over at, at a boom cycle, and the golf courses are are healthy, and they're they're the the, the operations of the golf course are contributing uh, in a large way to what we're going to be able to do uh, going forward. Um, and so we looked at um, the the three projects: uh, Rock Creek, Langston, 
and East Potomac from both a business standpoint and an efficiency standpoint. Um, Rock Creek is far and away the the sleepiest um, in terms of a business. And um, also um, you combine that with a, with a, uh, a, a, one of the quirks of this project is that the three courses are in, are in different national parks. Um, so we have to deal with three different um, bureaucracies, for lack of a better term, um, and Rock Creek has, has that, been... That's a point that I don't think many people yeah, uh, yeah. are aware of. Yeah, so, I mean, each each park has its own uh, leadership, um, and then there's the regional uh, where it funnels up. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of people from the individual national parks and then um, off, also at the regional level. And um, everyone that we've wa- we've worked with has been great. They're they're passionate about what they do. They care about these places. But there is a very um, rigid and defined order uh, that we have to go through, um, and it's not easy. Um, we feel like sometimes we're taking two steps forward and a step back, and occasionally two steps back. Um, but we're we're grinding on it every single day, and. Um, we're really appreciative appreciative of the park service and and all the people that have been helpful uh, for us to get to to where we are. Um, and so that's that's where the question started is is where are we? Um, and you know uh, later today I'll be going out to uh, with Mike McCartan, my co-founder in National Links Trust. We're going out to Rock Creek, where we're going to have a meeting with um, the State Historic Preservation Office, um, the Commission of Fine Arts. Um, and and start. Uh, we had an a, initial preliminary discussion with them via Zoom, and um, and you know they were confused because they're not golfers and they're just getting read right into this project and you know sort of asking questions like why why does there need to be a driving range because there hasn't been one there historically it doesn't fit in with the historic cultural landscape um, and so we've got to educate them and to without a driving range, it's really not a viable business. Rock Creek would not be a viable business. It, it loses money significantly as a standalone business uh, right now. So, um, you know, there's just this education that- process. There's this um, constantly having to go back and uh, and deal with, um, you know, questions and concerns um, from different people that maybe haven't been involved in the process throughout. I think that's a piece that um, I would imagine a lot of folks don't, really comprehend because i i know i didn't was that you know it's it's tempting to just think that when national trust won the bid from the national park service that all of that kind of educational piece of all the different offices was taken care of because you submitted your proposal and you you won and so it's like okay let's get to work but this notion that well now that you're 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 in it and there's, it's not just the National Park Service. It's this office and that office and this office. And each one of them, there's an approval process and there's, um, you know, a paperwork process. And in a lot of cases, you have, to, you have to educate them from scratch where the National Park Service may already understand what you're trying to do, but this other office may not. Yeah, that's, that's a really good uh, summation of, of where we are, where, what, what happened. You know, certainly... Um, our vision for these projects carried the day when it came to the RFP, um, but that just allowed us the opportunity to then enter into the lease and also enter into this compliance process and and uh, do do the, the the hard work of getting getting these permitted. And um, you know, look, we're we're trying to do the right things both from a, a economic sustainability. All, you know, we we appreciate all the feedback we get from the Park Service because we know it's going to make these places better in the long run. But it's frustrating to us, and I'm sure it's frustrating to the the golfing public that we, you know, can't move 
move faster. Um, but we're getting there. Does the fact does the fact that they are three different I forget the term you used, but three three different offices of the National Park Service. Three, that different, parks. The, three, three different national parks. Literally three different parks. Yeah. Does that does that make I mean I, I would I, like I would imagine that makes it harder, but in some ways, you know, some somebody might hear that and say, "Well, that means you could be, you could start the process with all three simultaneously because they're 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 completely different parts." Yeah, I, yeah. Imag- I imagine it's not that simple. Well, um, you know, we are a small nonprofit in reality, and and so we have limited bandwidth. But you know, we are we are progressing um, in in parallel tracks. Maybe not parallel, but um, we are moving forward at all at all three. Um, we're further along at Rock Creek, but we're, we're really sort of kicking into gear at Langston. Um, and then we're looking at um, individual projects at, at East Potomac, which we might be able to do in the short term um, without going through the full compliance process, um, such as uh, you know, rehabbing and fixing up the mini golf course or um, potentially installing a, a larger putting green in the front, which is historically historically been there. Um, these are all things that we're looking at, um, hoping to do in the, in the short term. Um, and, and, you know, as we sort of touched on in the beginning of this, the business, um, you know, the business has been good and it's been contributing to what we're going to be able to do. Um, but that's uh, in a large part um, because of the traffic uh, at East Potomac and specifically the driving range. Um, and in order to do what we want to do there, we're going to have to move the driving range um, to be able to restore the the original Walter Travis reversible blue course there, so um, you know, everything has to be sequenced in some in some way. Um, uh, but we are trying to push forward as much as we can at all three with with both uh, our limited resources and also, you know, we don't want to overwhelm. Um, we're still dealing with the regional, so all of these all of these parks flow up to the regional office, and they also have limited bandwidth. So if we're pushing too hard on on all three at once, then I think. Uh, it's potential to to really bog down. So we're we're right. we're sequencing, but, but we're pushing. I guess is the. But you did mention that th- when you say that things are moving, you may be quicker at Langston. And as I understand it from our previous conversations, Langston is the smaller of the three projects as far as how much is getting changed. Does that mean that there is a possibility, based on the way things play out, that work could begin at Langston? For example, before a Rock Creek, um, I, I, I don't think that's po- po- uh, likely. We're, we're much further along in the compliance process at Rock Creek, um, okay. and you know, the, Langston. While, while there be sort of less changes to the golf course, um, there's some big issues that we're dealing with there. Um, we have identified some streams um, that have historically run th- through the site that we we are looking to daylight. We also believe we can create um, a lot of uh, wetlands um, along uh, within the sort of the corridors of the golf course, which would al- allow um, for for better uh, storm storm uh, water management and resiliency uh, in, an, in a neighborhood that um, has has seen flooding and seen uh, a, a lot of issues. Um, and so there's a lot of there's you know the more that we look at it, the more the, the sort of there's more complexity in that site because of where it sits in the city and. Uh, because of uh, some of the natural environment issues that we, we're dealing with there, so um, you know, it, it, we're thinking big, right? We're not we're not just trying to chip around the edges and make these things marginally better. We really want to think of them holistically and really, really make a difference. Um, you know, for the next we're 48 years, we have control of these places. So. Right. 
I will say, so, so you and I played Langston um, a few weeks ago, and one of the things we talked a lot as we were walking around the course was the work that's already been done by NLT and volunteers and the team of removing a lot of the invasive plant species along the banks and opening up those views to Kingman Lake and the Anacostia River. And the result, that was the first time I had really seen uh, I can't remember exactly which holes, but there was a few holes where like the views really opened up and you get to see these wetlands that, you know, uh, there's probably, there's a couple courses I can think of on the, on the Chesapeake Bay that have some wetlands, but, but in, in the DC area, in the Potomac, there's really no other golf course that has those type of wetlands that you could really open up at Langston. And, and so it's exciting because when, when you're done that, um, and I know it's a big project and it'll probably never stop because I know <laughs> yeah. the, the, inv- the, in- the, inv- the invasive vines and weeds just in my own backyard, let alone a massive property like Lang- Langston are just, they never go away. Um, but it, but it's really exciting because it opens up this, this environment that you don't really see in a golf course around DC. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, uh, it's one of the first things we, we wanted to tackle out there. And, you know, we got a little bit of a slow start, again, because of some permitting and, and compliance issues. But um, we've been chipping away at it since last fall. And, you can, you know, there's a number of spots where you can really see a difference. And you're right. It's, it's, it's unique. Um, it's unique to the area. It, it's um, when we took over, you would play that back nine and you would have no idea that you were on an island um, between Kingman Lake and the Anacostia River. Um, now there are, there are some spots where we've been able to punch through and you get some long views. Uh, and it's it's beautiful, um, and it, it fits in with the Park Service's larger goals for uh, the National Capital East uh, Park, which is where Langston resides. Um, and we want to keep going. Um, we've we've got a great partner in the Anacostia Watershed Society. Um, they've they've done a lot of the work. They've we've we've had volunteer days where we've had people out there with machetes and and other implements just hacking away at the at the invasive exotic stuff that the, the Anacostia Watershed Society had identified for us. Um, it, it's it's it, it's both uh, it's a really great uh, for the golf course, but it's also been a really good community building exercise as well. Um, you know, we've we've cleared. Uh, I, I can't even imagine um, I can really give you a good estimate on, on the amount of debris and trash. Um, that we've cleared um, from from those those riverbanks. It's it's quite sad actually the the amount of trash that that flows through there and gets caught up. Um, you know, and th- and this is this is par- all part of being good stewards to the land and and trying to make uh, the neighborhood and the community better. I know a lot of listeners and people that are, are following these, this project and NLT closely that they're all they're all chomping on the bit, obviously for timelines, but also just they just love every any any kind of new concept or idea or change, um, just any kind of taste. And there, there was a couple of things that you had told me when we were walking around. I'm wondering if you could share one about a potential move uh, of the parking lot, possibly. But the other one that I thought was exciting that you were talking about was kind of bringing the neighborhood a little bit more into the golf course um, as it pertains to the fence between Langston and, uh, and Benning Road there. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, we, we want to make that, that fence, uh, that chain link fence is not welcoming, right? It, we we want to welcome the neighborhood in for both golfers and non-golfers. Uh, we don't want it to feel like, hey, this is different here than it is there. We want we want it to be fluid, um, both both for community members and and also for 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 uh, wildlife, um, and so which there is quite a bit along that corridor. 
Um, so I, we do want to replace that fence with something that's that's less, uh, you know, it's more charming. That's a, a little bit more conducive for people or for animals to go through. Um, and it's um, so that there's that with the parking lot. We're exploring moving it towards um, Benning Road, which would free up that area up above um, for potentially uh, some some more golf, whether it's a, a large Himalayas putting green. Um, or a, a number of short holes that could be sort of a kid's course um, to get people into the game. Um, there's a lot of potential. Uh, you know, it's a it's a relatively big site, uh, certainly compared to, to Rock Creek. Um, and, you know, with, with only 18 holes out there, it's, it's big for an 18-hole compared to what we've got at East Potomac. But there's still limitations, and we're trying to fit, fit as much uh, as we possibly can out there, and we're still sort of... Move, moving things around um, in in our master planning progress, uh, uh, master planning program, um, and you know we we need to get feedback from the park, um, and that's that's sort of where we are actually. We're we're we've got a a, a um, very high level master plan um, that we want to uh, run by the park to see if if what we're doing is is uh, in in the right vein or if there are some major issues um that that we haven't foreseen that would be a problem for them that we would then have to go back and start moving those puzzle pieces around and and coming up with a with an alternative plan got it um and, so and to, to, to rock one of the things we you and i talked about from a, from a golf standpoint which i think people you know would be interested in um the the park service very much values the the order of play, um, so basically the routing of the golf course, um, and so what, what we're proposing with with Bo Welling, the golf course architect, um, w- would not be any sort of major m- change of the routing. But we do think there's some spots where um, you could do some things with it, that flip holes um, that would allow for uh, uh, a more interesting golf, a slightly longer golf course. Um, it would be a way to get. Uh, a little bit of the 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 lake river uh sort of environment on the front nine which would be to to move the the second hole basically into the quarter of the 17th hole um and play a hole on the front nine which would be the second along along kingman lake the lake would be to the right to a green that would be pushed back towards where the the 16th green is uh, or, or close to the 16th green i should say the 16th green would remain there um, and then you'd have an easy transition over to the third tee. Um, and so we think that makes the golf course flow better. It gets, it gets, uh, um, it gets you onto the lake on the front nine. Uh, and then, you know, to, to make that change, obviously 17 would then have to flip um, into the corridor where the second hole is, um, which I think would add a little bit of variety um, coming in on 16. It would be along the lake, 17 you'd go inland, and then 18 you'd transition back over um to, towards towards the lake so i think it, it allows a little bit of the nines to have a little bit more of a cohesive flavor where you have a little bit of both on 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 both nines yeah um, yeah that, I, I like that uh plus on number as it is stands today you finish up on two green it's one of those holes where you kind of got to walk back to the back. Two, to, yeah. to three tee box yeah and you know leave your clubs up ahead because you got to walk back 50 yards yeah um Plus number as it stands right now, I don't know if it, it maybe it would be the same on seventeen because that creek still or that stream still kind of runs. But number two kind of it, it likes to, depending on what tee box you're playing, it can, yeah. it can gobble up some drives if you well, pull driver. I think on two on the, the revised two, you'd actually the creek would be short shorter off the tee, right? So you'd hit over it pretty easily. 
um, okay. on, on, on your tee shot. And then, uh, you know, you wouldn't have to deal with it on your second shot. So I think, I think it would make that, uh, that hole easier for the average player for sure. Back to Rock Creek for a minute. So it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like we're, we're, we're anywhere closer to hard timelines, but I, I'm, I am curious, like, you know, I've, ne- I've never had to, I've, I've never worked in any kind of uh, fashion where I've had to, you know, get projects approved through through the federal government or or any other government quite frankly so i'm not super familiar with how the process works yeah but you know when when you when you're working with them and you and you're working with all these different offices and you're 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 going through these proposals and you've already got the lease you know are they you know are they working with timelines are they trying to work with you with timelines or is just is it more of just this this is this is going to get done when it gets done and you're there are no timelines it's a good question, and, and I, I, there's no easy way to, to answer that, right? There's um, that we have a weekly call with the Park Service um, to cover any issues that we might have, or what you know, what we're pr- proposing to try to bring up in the next week or two, um, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, there are certain there are certain very rigid uh, things that we have to do, right? So. Um, once we get to a certain point in the compliance process, then there has to be a public comment period. Um, and, th- and that public comment period is 30 days. And then after that, there's another step. Then there's a there's a six week feedback loop. And so there, there is a way to build a um, a timeline um, there. there It's a little bit of an accordion. It can come in and out. And, um, but, we, you know, we, we thought we were at the point where. Um, all of that stuff would then sort of fall into place that you could really draw out. Okay, here's 30 days for this, 60 days for this, and then and then we're going to be done on this date, right? We thought we were at that place. In fact, the Park Service uh, on our weekly call, um, someone suggested that we they thought that we could potentially have the permitting done this winter, um, and then we we had <laughs> some f- further meetings with a, with different agencies um, this which, pa- this past winter. You know, this this upcoming winter. This, this winter is, coming this up. is okay. all within the last month that I met these, these conversations. Okay. Maybe six weeks, right? So we're thinking, okay. Originally, we thought maybe next June because of our you know sort of the way we had laid out the timeline with the various periods, uh, and then and then someone from the park suggested that maybe we could f- speed that up and and have it done this winter. Um, but then we had uh, some meetings with with different agencies. Um, and basically, you know, it was it was it was two steps back. Um, so we weren't even able to begin that sort of sequencing until we deal with the, or talk to the, these agencies, listen to their comments, um, change our plans if need be. Um, and so that's the frustrating thing is like we we've we've had timelines, but the timelines can can get off you know off track very very easily. Um, and, and you know, look, it's, we're all frustrated, um, but it, it, it is it is what the process is, and, and we're we're doing our best to to um, push as much as we can. Um, you know, going back to the, the beginning here, you were talking about um, you know fundraising and how the, the, you know the government's not going to pay for this. Um, you know, this, this this takes a lot of money. How, how you know how, how has the fundraising been going? Has it, has it been? Let me let me phrase that a different way. Has it been uh, your expectations of when you won the 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 lease from the National Park Service? Um, has it gone 
the fundraising portion is it yeah. has it gone yeah. better better than you expected? You know what uh, look, you expected? I think fundraising can always go better, right? Um, but you know we're, we've got a good team in place. We're we've got a plan. We're working we're working uh, hard on it. Um, you know, I think for any listener who, who who wants to help out, join our cap club. Go online, join our cap club. Um, and you know, it, it's we, we you know we're out there trying to talk to some people who hopefully can give uh, money in some chunks, which is what we where we need to get to. Um, but it, you know, we're 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 seeing the fruits of our labors, but we can always always do better. So um, we're we're grinding away. What I gather from my conversation both here and, and with you prior is while the fundraising is, is critical and crucial to, to making this all happen and making it a success, you know, fundraising is not preventing anything from happening right now. No, that's correct. Um, yep. we, we're in good shape to um, once we get the permits at Rock Creek to, to do the work on the clubhouse and the driving range. Uh, financially, um, but we, what we want is to to at least have commitments in place um, so that we can start doing all of this stuff on our timeline once we get the permits in place. Um, we don't want to push, push, push to get the permits in place and then not have the funds in place to to be able to keep going on all of it. Um, and so, you know, it, there's there is a sense of urgency, um, even though this this is a sort of five to seven year um, project, hopefully. Um, but we, we, yeah, we, we, that's, we, we just want to be able to move forward on our own schedule. Um, and that, that's sure. going to take money. So, uh, a couple questions, uh, about the East Potomac, East Potomac, the, the, the largest of the three properties, the, the, the busiest of the three properties and the, the most centrally located, right? Closest to downtown lining up monuments and whatnot. Um, one question, because I go down there a lot, you know, I, I take my kid down and play the red course all the, t- all the time. I play the white course with my buddies um, a lot. I go down to the range quite a bit. Right in the middle of the property is, and I don't even, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't go to it often, if if really ever, when it was open. But is is an old DC swimming pool that's been closed for a long time, and I've heard different things from different people about what was going to happen to it. Uh, and it's just it's just right there in the middle of the property. I'm just curious. It, do you have any? Is there any information? Any updates on 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 the old pool? Um, so, I'm going to get this probably slightly wrong. Um, but from the, I think the mid 1940s, there was an agreement between DC Parks Department and the, the the federal government, the National Park Service, um, that DC could operate uh, a pool uh, on that site. Um, I think the agreement said that if it, if they were not operating a pool, then they would revert back to to the National Park Service. Um, the <laughs> I, I don't know the timeline. I think it was when Mayor Fenty uh, was in, was uh, in office. Um, they decided to upgrade the pool and turn it. Uh, I think add a, a diving board component and potentially be able to host um, some sort of larger swim events. And um, they got the funding in place, started the, did the engineering, started the, started the work. Um, but as they dug down, um, they, hit, they hit the water table very, very soon. Um, as anyone who's played East Potomac knows, it's, it's, it doesn't drain very well. Um, there's, there's, the water line's pretty darn high. Um, and so the, the, the area that was supposed to be the pool started filling up with water. Um, and basically they had to abandon the project and um, that's sort of where it's been for a number of years. Um, 
but uh, you know, I think there's there's some movement. Um, I think that from what we've been told, I think DC is going to have to restore it to its natural state, which basically would be knock down the buildings that they built and return it to a flat flat site. Um, at that point, um, they would no longer be operating a pool there, and it would be reverting back to the park service. Um, that is not part of our land assignment, but certainly it is an, a part of the, the 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 parcel of land that we would love to have. It's very central. It has got great views. It would allow us to do a lot of really interesting things um, at that at that site. And um, you know, we're we're optimistic that potentially it could become part of our land assignment, um, but it's still sort of too early to tell on that. There's still a lot of work that the Park Service and DC have to sort out. Uh, and then after that, hopefully we'll we'll have the opportunity to to potentially um, add that to our land. Assignment. It, it's, it's, if you want to lose some time, uh, go back and look at the Park Service or, or find the original uh, document that lays out what the clubhouse at East Potomac was, was supposed to be. Um, as you know, there's the where the clubhouse currently is, that's the, I'm going to get the directions right, I think North um, Fieldhouse. And then there, on the other side, uh, over on the white, you can see the South Fieldhouse. Um, and those are supposed to be the changing rooms, men's and women's changing rooms for a much larger building. Uh, and it was, it, you know, they look at the, the drawings. Um, it was it was a gorgeous building. Um, and uh, it, the obviously- South, Is the South Fieldhouse... I'm just trying to get my alignment. Is the I'm South Field House have, where it'd be the North and South, but uh, yeah, the North Field. But is that where I think there's the the police has has, has the an office in there? The Park Police were based out of there, um, but they are currently not. Uh, I, no one is using that 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 Field House now. It is not part of our uh, land assignment either. So that so, in, uh, and is that is that so that building is a part of the land assignment? That's essentially part of the pool. I don't think it is either. I think it's 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 still under sort of national parks control. They they haven't figured out what their their long term use of that is going to be. We of course would be interested in in um, using it if if it were to become available. But um, yeah, I, but the, the the old building is really really neat. So anyone who's sort of an architecture geek and cares about the city uh, should should find that report and and uh, and take a look. It's really neat. Yeah, it's it, that that kind of land in there is just interesting because it, it's it's so central to 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 the property that you you have the lease on, and even just the the notion that it it ever could be a part of of your project is just exciting because it really yeah. just opens up so much more. Well, when you think um, about the way sort of the operations are oriented right now, um, the the clubhouse looks out uh, opposite of the Washington Monument, right? Looks looks yeah. down the peninsula. Um, and if there was a way to to make it so that some of the the base of operations or sort of the activity was was more in the shadow of the monument or looking at the monument, then that would obviously be a, a major win for uh, for us. So, uh, another question for you related to that property. You, you know, you mentioned the water table being as high as it is. Um, it was it was in the news um, that there was another major. Uh, project approved and awarded by the National Park Service of restoring the seawall that goes around all of Haynes Point, uh, East Potomac Park, and I think West Potomac Park as well. Um, but to essentially repair and restore the seawall back to its original levels to try to, you know, prevent water from the Washington Channel and Potomac coming over onto to East Potomac Park. I'm curious, has anyone involved? 
in that project or the National Park Service, do they do they bring you into any of those discussions to see how that project could help the yeah. golf course or vice versa? If we're going to be spending a lot of money um, at, at East Potomac, uh, we obviously want to make sure that, that we're not battling flooding issues for the next four and a half decades, right? So um, we have to figure out um, what the outlets are. We've got to drain the golf, the golf course uh, to the sides and then have that water eventually leave the island. Um, and in order to do that, we need to know where the outfalls are along that seawall. Um, currently, the water is supposed to drain to outlets, uh, inlets, excuse me, uh, along the edge um, and then go under Ohio Drive uh, and then um, out into the river. Um, there are a number of pipes that go under Ohio Drive that are, are crushed, that are no longer flowing water. Um, there's also the, the clappers at the, the title, the title clap, flappers, clappers, I think it's the term, I'm not sure, uh, along, along the uh, seawall, which no longer works. So when the tides are up, the water actually is not, it's not supposed to back up into the golf course, but it does. Um, and so obviously the seawall and, and what happens there is really essential to what we're going to do long term. We, um, you know, it's still, still a, a number of years away, but we are in talks with um, the, the people that are in charge of that project. I think we've got a, a meeting later on this year to really sort of dive in, uh, in into it into more detail. I think um, the person who's in charge of, of that project uh, is also a golfer and uses these Potomac, so understands some of these issues, which is, which is really neat. So, yeah, it, it's an important part of what we're going to be doing long term down there. Um, and, you know, we're excited. We're excited that the Park Service has recognized, um, obviously, that there's there's an issue and um, we're going to have to work very closely with them. Yeah, well, <clears throat> one of the subcontractors on that job is one of my regular foursome and a good friend of mine and, and a neighbor. So I've been I've been trying to get in his ear every time, every every chance I get. Um well, that, I mean, it's, it's all very exciting. I think any, anybody that was tuning into this thinking that we're going to have, you know, uh, some, some huge revelations on every, you know, and specific timelines. I think it's, 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 you know, this, as it's always been, this is a process and, you know, the, uh, the updates will come as they do. And, and, and I think we're all, we're all cheering for the same thing. Yeah. We're, um, we're, we're trying the, to, we're being as forthright as we possibly can. Um, we would love to be able to share our plans more widely. Um, but until because of the process with the park service, they have these very, uh, you know, there, there, there has to be these public public comment periods. They're very defined. So in other words, until we get to that public comment period, we can't release some of these things to wider to a wider audience. Um, we, I get I understand their logic. Right. They don't want us to throw something out there that isn't 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 ready uh, for prime time. Right. That is that we have to make drastic changes to because of X, Y, or Z, um, so that people don't feel like, hey, like we we could have had this, but we we now have something lesser, or uh, or anything like that. So you know, once we get to that public public comment period, you'll see the stuff on our social media channels, you'll see it in our newsletter. Um, but unfortunately, we just we're just we're just not there yet. So, yeah. Um couple questions and, and any updates you can share, uh, you know, outside of the golf courses. So one, we are getting coming up on the second version of the um, symposium on municipal golf, which will take place in October on the on the southwest waterfront of D.C., right across the Washington Channel from East Potomac Park. A couple questions. One, you're doing it again. So last year must have been a success. I'm just kind of curious if you can talk about 
sounds like you, there, there's, a, there's a different theme this year versus last year. You know, expectations of the, of the symposium this year, you know, how you see it going forward. And I'm just curious if you could, if you could talk about, you know, how this symposium, um, you know, how does it help the, the, the National Ticket Trust, aside from just getting people talking about municipal golf? Sure. Um, look, the symposium, I think, is, is really important. Um, what National Ticket Trust is trying to do is create a community of people who are, who are passionate about affordable and accessible golf, not just here in D.C., but all across the country. Um, I think, look, we're stronger when we're in community. We're stronger when we have allies. We have stronger when everyone is is working in the same direction. Um, and that's what that's what this symposium symposium is, right? It, it is trying to get uh, people who, who really care about these issues together to share best practices, to learn from one another. Um, you know, we, we've been very candid that we want uh, what we're doing here in D.C. to be a model for municipal golf all across the country. We're going to share our successes. We're going to share our failures, our missteps, um, so that other communities might be able to benefit from, from what we're doing here. Um, and the symposium is sort of our, our, our yearly gathering of these people who care about these issues. Um, this year, the, the, the theme is equity in action. Um, it, it's, you know, we, we, last year was community. We, th- we feel like um, these are both impor- really important issues. Um, and I think anything that's going on at a municipal government level um, has to address, address equity, equity um, especially in urban environments. Um, we've got a great, great uh, group of, of speakers. Uh, I think, you know, got to start with Mike Wan, uh, our keynote speaker, who's the CEO of the USGA. Um, Damon Hack from the Golf Channel is going to be our our MC. Um, we're we're really lucky to have him. He's a, obviously a pros pro. Um, Tom Doak is returning. Um, we've got an, a, just an incredible lineup of people. Um, Christine Fraser, who's a, a, a an architect. Andy Staples, um, who's who's really been uh, as an architect, has been on the forefront of sort of advocating for municipal golf. Um, who's been impactful in, in, in my thoughts on on uh, municipal golf. Um, his white paper on municipal golf is worth worth uh, finding for anyone out there. We're excited to have uh, Michael Stakowitz from the National Park Service uh, is going to be a panelist. Uh, Michael is someone we speak to on a weekly basis. Um, he's a really interesting guy who who's currently um, works at the Olmsted Center in, uh, in Philadelphia, um, but has a background as a, as a golf course superintendent, and so gets sort of the historic preservation aspect of what we're trying to do, as well as the as the turf grass and environmental aspects. Um, you know, it's just a, it's he's just got a, he's got to be an interesting asset for you. I mean, yeah, does, does yeah. he as, as so I've heard him, I've heard him on some other podcasts and, and he's worked at some as a superintendent, some pretty big time uh, golf courses, golf clubs. Does he kind of since he's not your direct contact on, on, on working with these, but does he kind of help you navigate being the golf course guy and the MPS guy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he understands. We, there's not a lot of sort of us educating him on what we want to do or why we want to do it. Um, but there's a lot of him educating us on how we can go about doing it within the framework of the Park Service, which which is great. It helps us. Um, it, it definitely moves things forward uh, uh, in a positive way. Uh, another thing you launched fairly recently, I'm curious if you could touch on for a moment, is your auxiliary board. You put together a team of, of seemingly y- younger professionals to help uh, advocate for National Trust. What was, what was the, the, the motivation and, and goal behind uh, announcing that? 
Yeah, I mean, look, we, we need to get the word out. Um, and the people that are on the AUX board are young professionals in D.C. who are well-connected, who have large networks, um, who care about what we're doing, care about our community. And, um, you know, they're, they're, we've got this evening evening at East event on October 14th, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a, a little bit of a different, different vibe out there. Um, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, we're going to have a party. We're going to have an evening party out there, and there's going to be a band and live music and, you know, I think people are going to, uh, you know, look good, look sharp. They're not going to quite look like they're they're uh, hitting 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 the links. But uh, so I think you know it's just it's just a way to to get people involved and and spread the word. And look, I'm I'm 47 years old. Um, I'd love to say that uh, you know I'll be 95 and see see this lease through to its end. Um, but a lot of these guys and and, and girls, uh, ladies, um, will will be. And and so. You know, this is the next generation of leaders in our in our city, and uh, you know, it, we're trying to get them invested and get and get their 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 networks invested too. So, makes a ton of sense. Um, I'm going to try to attend that that evening in East. Sounds like a fun time. Um, any other? You know, you you guys have been really active. You know, if you if you're on the the National Links Trust uh, email list, which I encourage anybody listening to 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 go to National Links Trust and sign up for it. Uh, but you do a great job of kind of um, highlighting and giving a review of everything that's going on and giving a preview of all these different events. Um, you know, there, it's, it's the, the amount of things and events and parties and social gatherings and, 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 and golf outings going on, um, certainly in East Potomac, but really at all three courses is far more than uh, prior to NLT taking over. I'm just curious if there's anything coming up um, they can give us a, a preview on, or, or anything that you're that you guys are thinking about uh, for for 2023 and beyond. You know, um, we're just going to keep keep grinding away and keep doing what we're doing, and try to keep adding events um, to try to build the community, uh, to get people excited, to educate people about what we're doing, try to share that as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, I, there's not uh, anything in particular. I know um, Andrew Sanyog, who's who's our sustainability guy. Um, has a number of great volunteer activities, uh, opportunities this fall as the weather cools off, getting out to, to Langston and um, you know, working on some of these invasive exotic plants with the Anacostia Watershed Society. So uh, anyone who's interested in, in, in doing a little grunt work and, and making the golf courses better, there's, there's opportunities to do that. We'll continue our, our Fridays on the green. Um, I'm not sure when this will come out, but we've got one coming up uh in two days so probably probably be in the past um but stay tuned for more of those um we've done a couple of uh uh events across the country um this year um where we went to municipal golf courses that that have um you know are, are interesting architecture they're compelling we were we were at charleston muni um in april um and we were up at uh George Wright uh, in Boston during U.S. Open Week. We're, we'll hopefully do a few more of those next year. Maybe, uh, may, maybe head down to Dallas. Maybe uh, head to a couple other different spots. So stay on the lookout for those. And again, we're doing those because it's this is not just a, a D.C. story. It, it is a national story about bringing people together who care about this stuff. So we want to go out and meet, meet other people. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing just though those two events, who we met and. Um, it's it's really neat that there are so many people all across the country who care about affordable and accessible golf. 
Absolutely. I, I, I know I am. I'm excited about uh, municipal golf. I'm excited about where, where golf is headed, especially municipal golf. And, and, and more so, I'm excited to, to be a hosting this podcast going forward and have the opportunity to talk about municipal golf with, with guests to be named later. Um, and, and on that note, I'll let you get, I'll let you go after this, but I, I think I'm going to have a couple questions for each guest, you know, on this podcast, kind of at the end that are kind of general municipal golf questions, pretty simple, but, I'll, but I'll, but I'll, but I'll start with you to kind of get, get us going. And the first question is going to be, you know, give it, give us one municipal course. You just mentioned a couple, Charleston Muni and, and George, Wright, But give us another one. And maybe it's, maybe it's the one that's, that you're getting ready to have a webinar on in New Orleans, but a municipal course that, that, that you love or people should know that's likely not on a lot of people's radar. Um, I'll give you one that's semi-local. Um, Alex, have you ever been over to the Eastern Shore and play, played Hog's Neck? I love Hog's Neck. Great, great, yeah. great course. So uh, Hog's Neck, I'm not sure if it's owned by the town of, of uh, Easton or the uh, municipality of, or, or the, the county, Talbot County. Um, but it, it's sort of where I, uh, I didn't play a ton growing up, but my dad would take me out there. Um, we'd play the executive course. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, so it has an emotional uh, resonance with me. Um, when I started really getting into golf right before college, my, my buddies from high school, um, we would we would go down there and play on the weekends and, and you know, get up to no good and have, have, have a wonderful time. Um, so, you know, again, it, it pulls on my heartstrings, but it's an interesting golf course. It, it's, it's um, you know, it sort of got me thinking about golf architecture before I really knew I was thinking about golf architecture. It's got two sort of distinct nines, one more open, one more treed. Um, but there, it's it's good golf, and so you know it's about an hour and a half from from DC, and uh, I, I recommend it to anyone to go to go to to go check it out. It's a it's a cool spot. I must have driven by Hog's Neck fifty times before I played it for the first time because it's it's right on Route fifty, yeah, right on Route fifty, yep. area, and, and you're and you're heading to the beach. You know, you can see that front nine that's more open right right on on the north side of Route fifty, and I don't know how many times I passed it before I finally played it for the first time only, I don't know, five years ago or so. And no, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of hogs. I, that's, that's a great one. Um, so, uh, second question that I'm going to pose out there, and this is more of a broad question. You know, th- th- this podcast is about municipal golf. Nationalings Trust is all about promoting na- uh, municipal golf. You know, how do you, one of the big challenges with municipal uh, golf in general is getting the communities on board with supporting the golf course, in particular non-golfers. And I think this is a challenge um, with, with, with municipal golf everywhere, not just in, in D.C. So my, my question is, how do you think municipalities and the public and the golfing public in general can do a better job of ensuring their local communities, in particular those non-golfers, support the existence of that municipal golf course? So that's a big question, Alex. Um, yeah, you know, for, it might for, be too big a one to throw to throw at people at the end of a podcast. You know, it's it's. I could probably go on for thirty minutes, so I'm not going to talk um, about all the different ways. But I think this one may be the most important, um, and, and it has to do with environment and sustainability. Um, these golf courses, I think, you know, golf for forever has been painted with a very a broad brush that it's uh, unhelpful to the environment, that it's hurtful. Um, and studies after studies have shown that, that this is not the case. Um, with, with modern uses of pesticides and restrictions, um, a lot of the old um, 
fears are, are, are no longer. Instead, they, they act as incredibly vital uh, lungs to an urban environment, to, uh, to a community, their habitat. Um, and so I think there's a lot of benefits that, that the community doesn't really uh, see or internalize. Um, and golf and municipalities needs, needs to do a much better job of telling these success stories, telling what, uh, how important these, these places are as green spaces. Um, and, and that's something the USGA has done a really good job of, of, of researching and promoting. Um, so that's, that's one of the, of the many ways that I think um, uh, communities um, should, should, should be uh, touting their golf courses uh, in, a, in a different way. I think you know, municipalities should be partnering with environmental groups um, that, that to, to do research, to show the positive impacts, um, and bring in people, bring in the community to learn about those positive impacts, not just, uh, you know, just be a place for golfers, but to be a, um, a, a, you know, living classroom too. So, um, that's just one. Yep. And, uh, and that's a, that's a good one. That's an important one. And we'll, I think we'll leave it there. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that question stays in for future guests, but I, I agree. Maybe, I agree. Maybe start a, with that one and then question. go to, the, uh, to, go to the, the golf course. Maybe that should right? be the first question of the podcast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, but no, this, this, this has been great. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go on that. Will. thank you very much for, for being the, the first guest on the relaunch of the national links trust podcast. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it and excited to be a host going forward and, uh, excited for everything that's going on with national links trust. Thank well, you. Alex, thanks. Thanks. I know this is, um, you know, you, you, you've been such a supporter of, of the, the golf in the area and, you know, I know you're a busy guy. And so we, we're, we're really fortunate that you agreed to take the time out of your busy schedule to, to do this with us and, um, look forward to, you know, having this be a more regular thing. I think, uh, with the plans to do, about one a month to start. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a really good way for, for National Links Trust to, to reach people and tell, tell people about what's going on and, and um, hopefully have some really good conversations about uh, go- golf in general. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, Will. We'll leave it there. Thanks, Alex.